All right, welcome everybody in Sharks territory. I am Aaron James, and welcome to the April 21st edition of the Shark City Podcast. April 21st, 2022, there are six games remaining in the 2021-2022 season, including tonight's game against the St. Louis Blues, who have over 100 points in the standings in the NHL at the moment. Uh, they've secured a playoff spot, so it's not going to be an easy one. Sounds like Sharks just fresh off of a victory, ending a 10-game skid. Uh, we'll react to all that and more coming up, but first we're going to deal with the current. Uh, last time we got together, it's been about a week. I'll be honest with you, I've been celebrating my birthday. I won't tell you which day it was, but it was recent and um, you know some good times. So I took a little break from the podcast and also, you know, it's been the same story. Some of the Sharks have been losing up until um, the last home game against the Blue Jackets. Thank goodness is all I can say. So uh, since then, in the current, Thomas Bordalo made his NHL debut. He played his second game the other night. And Daniel Gushin and Gannon LaRocque made their AHL debut with the CUDA. Capo Kakinen got his first victory with the Sharks. And that, of course, was the game that broke the 10 game losing streak longest losing streak since prior to the joe thornton days it's been that long we haven't lost 10 games since before joe thornton's been on the team like way back in like 2005 anyways so it was good everybody um thomas bordalo it's about time we've been waiting for him all season to go pro he made a sounds like a debut i won't spend too much time on reviewing the past games, I just want to review his performance thus far in two games. Um, he has two points. He had an assist in both games, so it was looking good. Kind of reminds me of Eklund when he first started the Sharks early on in the season. He was getting an assist almost every other night. Um, so he's had 13 minutes of ice time in his debut against the Wild. That obviously was an overtime loss. And then... Um, just the other night, the 3-2 victory, he had himself a um, 15 minutes on the ice, 20 shifts total, 19 shifts the game prior. So long story short is it is good to feel, it's good to see the young bloods into the lineup now. Obviously on this program, if you've been listening all season long, we've been advocating for the likes of Bordalo, Eklund, etc. to get in the lineup. Obviously, the Sharks had to wait for him to choose to go pro. He went to the Frozen Four. But now that he's on the Sharks, I mean, hallelujah. Seriously. Um, just seeing him compete, making plays. We mentioned this the other program as well, how this these um, young stars that we have, all, all this depth scoring that we're lacking can be generated from all these young stars we have in the talent pool just waiting to be on the roster. And uh, to wrap it up, yeah, you can see it. I mean, he admitted game one when he created his first assist when he got an opportunity and he made the play in the trapezoid, pretty much stole the puck away. And, um, you know, he tried to send it along the boards, got a lucky bounce, and it made it to, um, it made it to you know, the Sharks and, you know, resulted in goal, et cetera. And then um, the same, same story last night, precision passing, making an opportunity right there. I mean, I'm not going to spend too much time reviewing the performances because you get the gist of it. The the um, 
the young guys are making it happen. And um, in this game, I just want to just talk about some of the uh, contributions that this younger talents have been making outside of Bartolo. So against the Columbus Blue Jackets, uh, Scott Reedy, two goals. Uh, the Sharks scored three in the first period, and that's all it took. They won the game in the first 20 minutes. Kakinen made 22 saves on 24 shots. So he posted a 971 save percentage, 0.971 save percentage in his first victory until. But, um, you know, you have Weatherby. The guy's late in the body. He has three hits. He won 67% of his faceoffs uh, outside of the two goals um, that Scott Reddy had. He scored them with just 10 minutes on ice, and he scored them with just two shots on goal. So, I mean, precision. Um, you have Chavelski. He's winning 50% of his faceoffs. I mean, obviously the faceoffs was a big, in my opinion, you know, that was the big difference for the Sharks in that victory against the Blue Jackets. Couture stepped up and so did Hurdle. Hurdle, excuse me. <clears throat> Couture had 63% of his faceoff wins. Hurdle, 56. Weatherby, again, outside the lane in the body, 67%. Winning 67% of his faceoffs. So, um, yeah, you know, the young kids, the young kids are, man, they're impressive. And it's unfortunate that it took them 10 games to get that first victory, these Sharks, because they deserve so much more. And um, that's going to be one of the topics as we go into it. It's a game day, so we're going to probably have one of the shorter episodes this evening. Uh, the Sharks are getting set to take on the Blues, as I mentioned earlier. But uh, two topics we'll cover really quick will be the Evander Kane grievance process and Shane Wright. The chance of the Sharks landing Shane Wright. That'll be like our, our main event, our main header. Um, so... Uh, before I get into that, uh, the Barracuda, they debuted Daniel Gushin and Gannon LaRock. If you smell a rock is cooking. And, um, you know, they didn't really do much. Gushin put five shots on goal, but that was pretty much it. It was a 4-1 loss to Bakersfield. Uh, today, LaRock was named the WHL BC Division Defenseman of the Year for scoring 52 points in 63 games with the Victoria Royals. So, um... You know, I'm looking forward to seeing Gushin and, and LaRock make it to the main roster. I hope, I am praying that they play in one of these remaining five games, right? They're also not going to be in tonight's game, but it will be nice to see them before the end of the season. Give us fans, send us off with some hope. Send us off with some, you know, fresh faces. I mean, these are the guys that essentially we've been waiting for, right? All these draft picks. It'll be nice to see them on the roster now, and hopefully the Sharks don't shy away from these names next season. Anyways, um, so with that being said, again, it's going to be a short, uh, short program today because the Sharks are going to have a face-off in about an hour, and I know everybody wants to watch the pregame, so we have to show respect to that. Um, so Evander Kane and the Sharks are finally meeting for his grievance over his termination, over the Sharks terminating his contract. Um, that has pretty much no results. Um, TSN reported that it's going to take another day, a second meeting. Uh, the meeting still needs to be scheduled. The hearing began on Tuesday and, um, pretty much, you know, Vander Kane is looking to get cashed out. I don't know how you all feel out there in Sharks territory, whether or not he deserves it. You know, personal matters aside, uh, does he deserve to be cashed out? And if he does, and he 
gets granted this money, you know, it's gonna it's gonna have you know some impact on what we're able to do in the offseason. So it'd be very interesting to see, very interesting to see, you know, um, what goes on with this. But long story short, is it seems like it's gonna be handled when the season is over, right? Um, so that's pretty much all there is really for the whole Vander Kane saga. As far as I'm concerned, um, I'm not really worried about it. I really don't want to talk about him too much on this podcast anymore because I made a promise that I wouldn't earlier on in the season. But, I mean, it's relevant considering that the Sharks, after 76 games, are only 30, 34, and 12. They are not making the playoffs. And a lot of you out there are cheering for the Tankathong. <laughs> Tankathon, pardon me, not the Cisco version. Um, so the Tankathon, if you haven't heard on social media, it's this big thing where a lot of Sharks fans are hoping to essentially lose the rest of the season. It's only a few more games left. It's not like it wouldn't hurt, right? Um, but to lose the rest of the season to increase the chances of acquiring Shane Wright with the number one overall draft pick. Um, so for those of you who are unaware with the whole draft lottery and how that works, essentially there's there's some new rules, so we'll just pretty much go off of that. But it's it's possible with right now where the Sharks currently are in the standings, that if they do win next um, the draft lottery next month, that they will um, still not be able to secure or acquire the number one draft pick overall because the rules are you're only eligible to receive the t- number one overall pick in the draft if you're in the top 11 seeds or the bottom 11 in this case, right? So I believe currently... The Sharks are the league's 12th worst team. So if the season were to end today and the Sharks won the draft lottery, we still wouldn't get number one overall. The best we could do is second. Anyways, um, so I believe it's a limit of being 10 spots. So obviously, you know, the closer you get to the worst in the in the league, the closer you supposedly get to Shane Wright. Now, I know Shane Wright might be a new name for most of you out there, um, for, for the casual fans. Um, so we'll take a moment to talk about him, and that's going to pretty much be how we um, you know finish out the rest of this program. We'll probably just do a regulation of hockey, 20 minutes. So uh, Shane Wright is an 18-year-old center, okay? This guy was born when, like, I graduated high school. <laughs> Anyways, so, you know, you get an idea of how old I am over here. But um, he plays center, all right? He's an 18-year-old centerman, six foot one, weighs 187 pounds, all right? He's from Canada, and he is the Kingston Frenetics, excuse me, Frontinatic. Oh my gosh, I'm having a tongue twister. The Kingston Frontanics. Oh my goodness. I'm just going to move on. For some reason, it cannot roll off the tongue today. But essentially, in the Ontario Hockey League, he is the captain of Kingston. And he is ranked number one overall by almost every single um, like prospect ranking name or you know like big name out there that you could think of. He's ranked number one overall by consolidated ranking. 
He's ranked number one overall by elite prospects, which is where this information is coming from, by the way. Um, ranked number one overall by Bob McKenzie of TSN. I mean, it goes on and on. He's ranked number one overall by the NHL Central Scouting. I believe it's for North American skaters. Number one overall by Sportsnet. You get the point. Uh, this guy or this young man, um, he had himself quite the season. Um, so with, I'm not even going to try to do it again, but with Kingston where he's the captain, in 63 games he scored 94 points with 32 goals and 62 assists. And a lot of fans, a lot of fans of Sharks territory are dying to sink their teeth into Shane Wright and you know securing him for that number one spot or with that number one spot overall pick because most likely that's we got lucky this season with Eklund dropping to seven. That's not going to happen again. That's like a once in a generation, um, like moment or opportunity for the Sharks or come up if that's what you want to call it. So Shane Wright will most likely go number one overall. And as of right now, the Sharks, if the season was to end, they would still not have the number one overall pick, even if they win the lottery, the NHL draft lottery. So all that to say is with just a few games remaining, you know, will will we expect to see the Sharks win out? Um, tonight against the Blues, most likely, and, and I love my Sharks. I, I want to see them win. I want to see them win out. But, I mean, there's history there at the Blues, and they've been getting the better of us lately, and they are going to playoffs. This is not going to be an easy game. Um, we have the Blackhawks again. And then we got some divisional rivalries to end the season. Golden Knights, Ducks, Oilers, and Kraken. Those are the six remaining games, including tonight's. Blues, Blackhawks, Knights, Ducks, Oilers, and Kraken. Um, you know, the Sharks could easily drop the season at 0-6. and six. I hope they don't. Um, would that improve our odds of getting closer to the number one uh, draft pick. Well, that's what I want to get into really quick. Uh, the Mercury News, this is all Curtis Pashelka of the Mercury News, so uh, kudos to him and credit to him. Uh, he had laid out the odds on the Mercury News for each seed. All right, so number one overall, obviously being the worst uh, team in the league. Um, so pretty much number one overall has 18.5% chance of winning the lottery um, number two is 13.5 number three 11.5 number four 9.5 and it just keeps decreasing um by one value or by, by 0.5 value as you get closer to 12 so where the sharks are right now 12th worst 2.5 percent chance of winning the number one pick overall in the lottery so yeah um a lot of fans out there are saying it wouldn't be a bad idea to, you know, uh, continue this whole, uh, you know, deep dive to the depths of the Pacific, literally. Somehow the Sharks are still ranked seventh, seventh overall um, in this whole draft. I mean, this wild card, excuse me. Obviously they're not going to playoffs, but the point I'm trying to say is, you know, they haven't really moved in the standings at all. So I'm not too sure if they're going to move any closer to, 
you know, getting a chance to get that number one overall pick. As of right now, the Sharks would have to at least drop to ninth or eighth worst team in the league. And, um, you know, if obviously we're not doing the race for the Stanley Cup, but if we're going to do the race for number one overall pick right now, Arizona is in the running. They are absolute worst with, uh, you know, only 22 victories this season. They have 77 games. The Sharks have a game on them. We have 30, 30 victories, pardon me, 30 victories. Uh, so right below us is Chicago. Uh, excuse me. Uh, I believe I am giving you the wild card. Let's go to the league. As well say, this is not sounding accurate at all. <laughs> Pardon me. My bad. It happens. It's real time. It's live. All right. Um, so after Arizona is Montreal. Montreal has 20 victories. Philly with 23, etc. So you see I'm getting that. The Sharks are at 30 victories. So it's, you're going to have to expect a lot of these teams to like win out their seasons, their few games that they have remaining in order for the Sharks to like get some help and drop. So, you know, if that's the case, then obviously losing six in a row is not going to increase our chances significantly unless the other teams that are below us start to win out. Um, so I don't know. All that to say is the Shane Wright and the whole take a thong uh, crowd. I hate to break it to you, but it doesn't seem like it's going to happen. It doesn't seem like Shane Wright will be hitting the Sharks territory anytime soon. And if that's the case, and if that's the more likely reality, then it is best to cheer these guys on to win out the season because that's what's best for us in Sharks territory. We have enough draft picks. We have enough prospects. Um, let's let's get them onto the roster. You know what I'm saying? Um, I don't understand why Eklund isn't here. A lot of people are quoting how he couldn't be part of CUDA. Bordelow is part of CUDA. You have, you know, LeBrock and Gushin. They're in Dakota. I don't understand, you know, why they, you know, they, they didn't want to bring him on the main roster, supposedly to not shed a year off his contract. Well, same case right now for Bordelo, isn't it? So, you know, I hope they bring him over. I really do next season. And, um, you know, I want to see... I want to see Bordalo, Weatherby, Reedy, Chemvelsky, Dahlin, Gushin, LaRock, and Eklund have permanent spots on the roster next season. Anyways, this season's already over, regardless. Right now it's just, you know, giving the fans a little bit, you know, a little bit of taste of what it's like to be on the winning side of the game. And, you know, hopefully, um, you know, the Sharks, you know, they can find, you know, it's going to be, it's going to be a very interesting offseason, the whole GM search and whatnot. But the point I'm trying to get at is, you know, without trying to end on, on a sour note or, a, you know, a, um, you know, on a low is hopefully, you know, the Sharks get those players permanent positions onto the main roster next season because at least if the Sharks are not going to be successful in the standings, it'll be exciting to watch these kids get better and better in a Sharks uniform. And that's all I got to say. All right, guys and gals and everybody else in Sharks territory, we're a little bit over that 20-minute threshold, the one-minute, or excuse me, the one period of regulation hockey. So with that being said, we're going to end this episode uh, thank you, by the way, to everybody who's been a part of 
these live streams on Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, and Twitch uh, from the beginning. This is our 28th episode. We'll probably go 31 episodes, just like it's the 31st season of the Sounds of Sharks hockey. And, you know, looking forward to the offseason and the things that we have to bring to all of you out there for, you know, the future. But until then, you know, we still got a couple of games to wrap up here in Sharks territory. So end the podcast as we always do. Um, I'm Aaron James. This is the Shark City Podcast. Check out the rest of the collection, full collection of the season at sharkcityhockey.com. And until next time, let's go Sharks.